0: You teach people how to treat you.
1: Welcome to The Lavender Lifestyle, the podcast on personal growth and lifestyle design. My name's Eileen, and I'm here to guide you to become a master artist of life. Every Sunday, you'll get new insight and inspiration on how to create your dream life. After the episode, the conversation continues in our Lavender Lifestyle Facebook group, so I can't wait to see you there. Life is an art. Make it your masterpiece. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Lavendaire Lifestyle. It's Eileen. Today we're talking about productivity, specifically for women: how to follow through with your projects, how to say no without feeling guilty. So our guest today is Erin Falconer. Since 2008, Erin has been the editor in chief of the award-winning blog Pick the Brain, one of the fastest-growing and most trusted self-improvement websites and communities on the web. Erin is also the co-founder of Leaf TV, a video lifestyle brand for the millennial, and author of the. Popular book "How to Get Shit Done." Hi, Erin. Welcome to the Lavender Lifestyle. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so glad we could make this work. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to tell you that I actually read "Pick the Brain" like years ago. It must have been almost like almost a decade ago. It was one of the first like (laughs) self-improvement online websites I found.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) the Brain is one of, I feel like it's one of the oldest self-improvement blogs out there. It started, I started it in like, I think like 2007 or 8. It's like, this is making me seem very old.
1: (laughs) No, it's awesome because that was about the time where I was like in college and it was like my junior and senior year out of college when I was, I started to discover all of these new personal growth topics and there wasn't that much info online I mean a lot of like random blogs but I mean it was hard to find back then
0: (laughs) yeah I mean the landscape is very it's so different you know it's very very different Mm -hmm. now and I think that's probably why I was able to build build it up in the way I did because you know there were such a small amount of blogs and we all kind of helped each other in those days it wasn't that competitive it was like how do Mm. we do this. Nobody knew how to
1: do it, you know. Then, So it was a really cool experience that I don't think will ever happen again online. It was unique. Well, I want to ask, like, what was going on in your life at the time that you were starting Pick the Brain?
0: What was going on was a total disaster. Basically, I have, I'm Canadian, and I moved down to Los Angeles. I was kind of on a fast track to, in the academic world, I had gone to, like, I was a straight A student. I went to Canada's best university. I went to Oxford and I was, it was like literally like on the eve of going to law school that I sort of had this epiphany where I was like, I want to do something creative. And I had done like creative things along the way, but it was mostly academic focused. And so I deferred law school for a year and decided I was going to, I was living in Toronto at the time. I was going to, you know, give this creative world a world at the end of that year I was like if I really want to make it I got to move down to Los Angeles so that's what I did very spontaneous and enthusiastic but I had zero plan it was very like a general goal like I want to make it in Hollywood kind of thing and you know years later I found myself in the fetal position mm-hmm. crying in my bathroom floor with no money no car car my visa was up and it was like I was it was a total failure and it was really scary because I'd listened to this internal voice that told me pursue something creative pursue something creative and it ended up you know with me crying on the bathroom floor and so it wasn't really about not having money or a car or any of those material <laughs> things. The thing that was really paralyzing was that I I had listened to this inner voice and it seemed to have failed me. And so I was facing the, the, the imminent decision to go back to Canada or to somehow do something in Los Angeles to make it work. I talked to a, a mentor of mine and said, you know, I don't know what to do here. And he said, you listen, you got to double down on that voice. That's all you have. And I was like, are you kidding me? Look at where I am. This is a disaster. Anyways, I took his advice. I sent out a hundred emails on Craigslist, like uh, like I responded to a a hundred job postings on Craigslist. I got one email back, a job offer for $15 an hour, a copywriting job at a self-improvement website called People Jam. And so it was take that job or go back to Canada. And this is obviously not the kind of job I moved down to Los Angeles for. But I I was like okay well I can take this opportunity or not and yeah. so I was like I'm gonna do it I'm gonna take this but I am gonna make a plan around this I am going to take this little job and turn it into something no matter what and so that's kind of what I did I learned very quickly about the self improvement space it, I mean it always been in my world my parents are psychiatrists a uh, psychiatrist and a psychiatric nurse and we've always you know we've we spent a lot of time talking about these things and kind of living in that world but I never really done anything professionally around it, so I really learned very fast about the internet world being in the startup and the self-improvement world and out of that was born this little blog called pick the brain that I was doing with the 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 CEO of people jam and that's kind of where it started Uh, I saw an opportunity this blogging world was very exciting very new nobody really knew a lot about it Mm -hmm. and I just there was an excitement and electricity around it and I was like I feel like I can do something cool and meaningful in this space I don't know if it's going to make any money but i it's something i want to pursue and it's kind of i just set my intention to really try and make this work and and
1: pick the brain is a result of that yeah so you're saying pick the brain was like born out of the people jam website or no it how was how did that work yeah it was that's
0: where the connection was made to to do that to to do pick the uh, brain yeah huh yeah
1: I love your story because I can totally relate. I mean, I don't know if you know about my story, how I began this. No, I would love I, to hear a little bit more. Oh yeah, I was super lost out of college and I was really frustrated and I I had that inner voice tell me to just do something creative rather than take a normal corporate job. And so all I've known my whole life was like music and performance. And so I started to pursue music. I would write songs, perform a lot, came out with a yeah. little album, and even like I tried out like acting, hosting, like all of the different things I could think of. Right. And, and then I started reading self help books. And it's more like I thought I was going to go that way. I thought I was going to do music. And it wasn't really working. And I had like a second breakdown moment where I'm like, Oh, my God, like, what am I doing with my life? Like, it's I follow the voice. Mm-hmm. And it like, I felt like that, too. It failed me. But it didn't really fail me because in the end, it, it led me to start this blog, lavender about my journey through the struggle. And here I am now. So I see that in your story. It's like, that voice was telling you that for a reason. And like, you didn't know that this job existed, self-help no. blogging. So no, I think that's like the magic of it, right?
0: That's the magic of it. And I think that's the really the larger lesson when people say, you know, how did you do it? And they're looking for the nuts and bolts of it. I can talk about the nuts and bolts of how it was done all day long, but to me, how it was done was by getting into a place where I really listened to that inner voice. I re- I truly believe the answers are there. It is one's responsibility to find the calmness in their mind and the belief in themselves to start listening. Uh, for me, that comes through meditation. Like, I'm literally just yeah. sitting in silence, being awake and aware of, you know, kind of my inner self, I guess. And I do believe that you, that the, the mm-hmm. guide of where you need to go is within you. And... And and then you got to have the courage to listen to that. And I and I think yeah. you'll be amazed. Like, as you said, I didn't even know what blogging mm-hmm. was. I had no I had social media. Like, that didn't exist, you know? And I didn't really know anything about the online world. Yeah. This was like, I moved down to be a writer, a screenwriter, and, like, just really kept my head in that kind of sand for a while. And so, you know, in 2007, 2008, there was not, I mean, the
1: internet was still a pretty new place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's cool is like you, your skills transferred because you wanted to be a a screenwriter in Hollywood, but you're still writing, you know, for your blog and your book, (laughs) you know? And I think what I want to point out to listeners is like your world, like your perception of the options that are out there might be so small that what you're meant to do is, is not even in your radar, you know? So you have to listen to the voice, follow Mm -hmm. it, and then it'll guide you there eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't really figure it out just by sitting there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You got to go by feel and you got to kind of trust yourself. And why this makes me really nervous is because more and more and more we are, we are so distracted by our phones and social media and all of this stuff. And I feel like all of these distractions take us further away and turn up the volume of chaos and noise in our head to be able to hear that. Totally. Voice. Yeah. So it's like, it's, you really have to make a conscientious decision To try and get in touch with it, because if not, you're just going to be taken off in a million different directions. Other people's, you're going to be taken on other people's journeys, not your Mm -hmm. own.
1: Yeah. And let's talk about distractions and your book, How to Get Shit Done, because Mm -hmm. I love that you, you say that it's the first productivity book by a woman in a decade. First off, like, Mm -hmm. why, (laughs) you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, because the the funny thing is, it's like, as I talk
0: about a bit in the book, I I really consider the internet the great equalizer for women in the workplace. I think that it has significantly changed the, you know, traditional nine to five hierarchy. There are entire new careers um, and genres of career arising through the internet that specifically behave women. And so much of the productivity, the apps, um, you know, that whether it's, Um, ride sharing or having your groceries delivered or whatever it is all of these things really replace traditional things that women have done and so that also really helps women but I feel like because we're kind of new to the modern workplace and still trying to figure everything out what we're doing is just putting our head down and going, going 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 without taking stock of what we're doing and and certainly not appreciating what we're doing And we're really just freeing up more time to get more stuff done. And that is not the point of of all of these kind of time-saving devices and these new creative workspaces and and opportunities. The idea is to be able to live the fullest life possible. And you can take breaks and appreciate it and live. And so in that, I think also like the idea that a woman would be writing a productivity book just hasn't crossed anybody's mind because we're too busy Mm -hmm. doing. And I think why that's important too is like the modern workplace has, you know, the way it's been structured has been created by men for men. And so we've done so much trying to fit who we are into, you know, as circles into a square box. And, you know, it's hard to understand like productivity through the female lens because what we've been doing is constantly trying to fit ourselves into like a man's definition of what productivity is. And so I think that's probably why nobody's really taken a stab at it yet, you know, from a woman's
1: point of view. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just, like, maybe the lack of confidence. But in my opinion, I think women do so much more than men. Like, they just... Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Like, now we have to work and do a lot of, like, household chores. And men aren't expected to raise the children or, you know what I mean, do any of that. Our work has doubled or tripled. Doubled. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. It's like, what we want to be careful what we're fighting for because we have... (laughs) Now we've just doubled the work. Uh We're still not being paid equally exactly um for half the work and so that's not sustainable And that's also kind of what the book talks about, that that model is just not sustainable. And so we've got to find a way. And what that way is, is really getting in touch with who we are and what we want and going after that almost exclusively. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, what you're doing, again, is you're, you're creating other people's dreams, other people's careers. And it's not about how much money you have in the bank or how many promotions you've got. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is like a lifelong sense of fulfillment, that what you're doing matters for you totally because you've only got one life and women because of the way women are are so quick to give themselves to every, in every mm-hmm. different direction to so many people yeah um, without thinking twice about it because we think that's what we should be doing
1: yeah so teach us teach us how to pull back <laughs> how do we yeah. do less how, how do we prioritize you know yeah how yeah
0: well yeah, I mean, I, 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 do, I break this down in, in a very granular way in the book, but, but what I talk about is this idea of pop, the pop effect. And, and pop stands for creating a new definition of productivity. And the first P stands for personality, which is it is incumbent upon you to understand really who you are how you where you are, how you got there and where you want to go. And that's not about what you think, what you think you should be doing, that's about what really speaks to you. And you can only do that. Nobody can do that for you. So, in the book, I give a lot of actual exercises that you can write down like and tools to figure out, you know, what is important to you, what makes you tick. Once you figure that out, when you look at the o from pop that's the opportunity okay so what am i good at what it what you know what lights me up what gives me energy as opposed to depletes my energy now what are the opportunities that are immediately around me um the good news is that because of the internet you don't have to be completely like location specific but it does also help to just look around and look at the look at the landscape the work landscape around you and see what you know aligns with who you are and where you want to go and once you understand those two then you things you can start crafting A plan around what productivity looks for you looks like for you specifically. Now, I talk about this idea of really making what you want at any given one time um, narrow, and I talk about choosing three big things at any one time that really matter to you. I like to kind of put them over these like spread them over one professional, one personal and one relationship goal. But again, depending on when where you are in your life, you know, if you're like late 20s and you're early 30s and you're all about career, then maybe you'll put a couple in the career bucket and one in the personal, you know, it's so it really, you know, these aren't etched in stone, but as a as a guideline, choose three goals that really matter to you for the next, you know, I want to say six months to a year. And then what I ask people to do is do a seven-day time challenge. And that is kind of like a food diary where for seven Mm -hmm. days you write down basically every single thing you do from morning until night. On the seventh day, I want you to look at the three big goals or three big things that are important to you. And I want you to look at how you've spent your time for the last seven days. And I guarantee you, your jaw will drop because you'll see just how far away from those three things that matter to you, you're spending your time, right? And for Mm -hmm. me, you should be spending about 80% of your time on those three big things. And life is never going to be all sunshine and radio. So there's like about 20% of that time where you just have to do things that aren't sexy and, you know, chores and tasks. So But 80% of the time, you should be moving towards those three things, doing things that move to those three goals. And if you're not, you're making somebody else's three big goals come true. Mm -hmm. And so that's the way, the thing, the way to do this is just get real and have the information about who you are and then how you're spending your time. It's just like kind of, as I said at the beginning, it's like a food. If you're ever trying to do some, some sort of like wellness thing and you really want to understand what you're eating, how do you do that? Write it down. Yeah. 'Cause and you look at it, you go, Oh my god, wait, I did wow, God, Jesus, I'm eating three thousand, four thousand calories a day. You you don't even think about it. You're not conscious about it. And half the and that's if not as, probably more true for time and how you're spending slash wasting your time.
1: Wait, so when you're writing down the things that you're doing, are you like noting like the amount of time you're spending on it yeah. as well? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, a great idea. Like, I've never heard of that. Like
0: Waking up yeah, waking yeah. up. Yeah. What time do I wake up? Okay, 7:15. You know, you don't have to write down, have a shower or do whatever, but you know, had breakfast, <laughs> checked my emails, ran out the door, uh, spent 45 minutes yeah. in the car driving, got, you know, that kind of thing. It's it's slightly yeah. irritating to do, and you got to be very conscious and remember what you're doing. You know, remember to do it. But once once you start doing it, you'll you'll get yeah. the hang of it very quickly, and the benefit is 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 well worth it.
1: Today's sponsor is Native. I love clean and simple products, especially when it comes to what I put on my skin. Native creates cruelty free and non toxic deodorants, soaps, and body wash, but unlike other brands, they believe less is more. They use fewer ingredients and no aluminum, parabens, or talc, which may be linked to serious health concerns like breast cancer. Instead, Native's products are filled with familiar ingredients like coconut oil, shea butter, and tapioca starch. Everything is made in the US, and all ingredients are thoughtfully sourced from around the world. Their products come in a wide variety of scents like coconut and vanilla and eucalyptus and mint. I use the lavender and rose deodorant, of course. It's super light but it lasts all day and I love that sweet lavender scent. If you don't like scents or have sensitive skin, you can also try their unscented formula or baking soda free formula. There's no risk with trying Native. They offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges within the US. And today, Native has a special offer for Lavender Lifestyle listeners. For 20% off your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code Lavender at checkout. That's native deodorant, N-A-T-I-V-E deodorant.com and the code Lavender to receive 20% off your first purchase of native products. And I know a big part of this is like saying no to people who ask you to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah. How do you say no without guilt, without feeling bad? Well, here's the thing.
0: The first thing, it's like anything. It's just about practice, right? So at first, no matter what, if you're a yes person or even a mar- marginally a yes person, and I feel like, again, this is something that really falls in the lap of women because we're pe- mostly people pleasers mm-hmm. and we're frankly afraid to say no like, either somebody's going to get mad or we hurt somebody's feelings or we you know but the thing is once you start saying no number 1 it becomes much easier and you start to see people don't get mad and people people start to people respect you know that you respect your time and respect yourself and so and the good news is once you start saying no and by the way you don't just say no because you don't something is you don't want to do something like they're all the things we do all day long that we don't want to do, but it's part of the job. What I'm saying to say no to is things that are outside of your purview. And this I'm talking about for career and also for friendships. And I'll give you, I'll give you a, a little example of friendships in one second. The thing is, once you say no and you start setting boundaries, what happens inevitably is you've taught people how to treat you. Right. And they people start stop asking you to do things that you're not supposed to be doing after a while. They know it's a dead yeah. end. So at the beginning it's awkward, then you learn how to do it, and then you rarely have to do it because people get it. I'm not okay, this is a, this is a dead end here. I'll, I'll go find somebody, I'll either do it myself or find somebody else to do it. Mm. But, you yeah. know. So, the other example is especially like women, I find, you know how they have all these friendships. And for me, you know, friendships are obviously very important, but you have to be I'm judicious and selective about your friends. There are the friends that bring you up and fill you with energy, and there are friends that take your energy and leave you feeling depleted. And so, I think that just like you're spending your time in the day, you, you and watching what that looks like, you've got to start taking taking notes on your friendships because they can be so valuable and help you, but they can also be toxic and not from a malicious way. But just like there, I mean, think, I think we all know the people that are like, you know, a bit of a drag and it's like, oh, well, we've been friends for so long. Like, you know, oh, well, I should take this call. I will say this again. You teach people how to treat you, right? Yeah. And so if you have a friend that calls you once a week in the middle of a work week, right, to talk or to tell you about a latest drama with a boyfriend or something that's going on at, on at work,
1: mm-hmm.
0: if you pick up that call, out of guilt or, you you know, fear that somebody, she'll be mad that you don't take the call, you've taught her that you will answer the call when she calls. Stop answering the call in the middle of the day and she will get it very quickly. So in other words, you don't have to say no or teach a lesson. Your actions are what informs. And then all of a sudden, that person without having a conversation starts to get it. Oh, if I call her at night, she mm. picks up. If I call her in the middle of the day, she does not. Or maybe she doesn't, you yeah. know, maybe she doesn't pick up at night. Maybe this is a situation where she's only answering on the weekend. Got it. And it's all mm-hmm. happening subconsciously. But it's it's your responsibility to teach people how to treat you and to kind of groom those relationships and be very, very um, yeah. selective. It's okay to be selective about the people in your life. They're very important people. And frankly, I don't think you can have 100 friends. To me, people that have 100 friends don't understand the definition of true friendship, right? The responsibility that comes with that. It's much better to have, you know, three or four or five really great friends that understand when you're busy, that don't bring you down in the middle of the day, that don't burden you with problems that don't need immediate attention and and get to you know, spend your time with the people that really bring you up and leave you feeling motivated. I give an example of this. We all have those friends when you see, when the phone rings and you look at the call display and you go, oh, and you just have that reaction. (laughs) inner feeling. Yeah. That's a great indicator. What Mm -hmm. does that say to you? Look at that. Take a look at that,
1: you know? Yeah, it's so true. Train people how to treat you. I love that. That's so true. So now I'm just curious, what are you working on now and what are you excited for next?
0: currently I am doing a master's in psychology which is really really interesting I'm, it, I was really excited to kind of get offline I mean I'm still online but like switch my focus a little and go back <laughs> to like old school reading and studying and using my brain in a different way so that's been great I'm in the middle of mapping out my second book which Ooh. has been really exciting and I am having a lot of fun on my podcast which is off my blog called pick the brain so all self-improvement over there too Awesome. Do you know
1: what your book will be about?
0: If you can yeah, share a little bit. It, it really, again, is about the power of doing nothing um, and reframing what doing nothing looks like. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. like the sound of that. <laughs> awesome. So I have some Facebook questions from our Facebook yes. group that I'd love to ask you. So Alex cool. asked, how do you handle imposter syndrome, especially as like a girl boss, you know, female founder? Mm hmm. Yeah,
0: it's really, you know, that's a great question. And I think a lot of imposter syndrome, again, comes from like feeling like you don't really deserve to be there. I think this is a particular, particularly yeah. a female thing again. And I, I think when you again, understand who you are, and you really know that what you're doing is aligned with your core values, you can take comfort and confidence in that. And I think that That just sitting down with yourself and making that reminder, you know, checking in with yourself, you know, once a month, just reminding yourself why it is you're doing what you're doing and making sure you're, you're still on the right track. And if not course correcting, it's just about really knowing who you are and feeling comfortable Mm -hmm. and power from your own skin. And once you do that, I think all of these kind of insecurities, this FOMO, this imposter syndrome type behavior or or insecurity start to melt away. And I think people, even if you're, even if you're, you are doing something that you're aligned with, but you haven't checked in and really felt the power of that, it's so worth it. People, it's amazing how much. that your energy shifts and just starts to radiate out and you start to get really like a great, strong, positive feedback loop that, you know, from people around you that, again, just reinforces what you're doing is coming from an authentic place and you deserve to be there.
1: Yeah. So the next question is from Angelina. She asked, how do I deal with the feeling of never getting good enough? I often want to start things, but when I do, I feel like my progress is slow and there are so many people who are out there super great at it and there's no point in even trying. Right. So a couple things.
0: I, when people struggle, and it doesn't sound like she's struggling 100% with this, but when people struggle, struggle with motivation problems, like in other words, they can't get themselves to the end of the goal. I say one thing, I, I say a couple things. The first thing I say is, is this really what you want to be doing? Because to get anything done really well, you really, especially in this day and age, you really, really, really from the core of your being have to want this and it has to be aligned with who you are and where you want to go. If it's not, even slightly, I would say you haven't found the right goal or project to begin with. If you do okay. check in with yourself and do the work and, the, and at the end of that you're like, nope, this is something I want to do and you're having trouble getting to the end um, or, or seeing it to fruition... For me, one of the biggest aids in that is so there's always the big goal, like, you know, I want to have a successful podcast, let's just say. But what's just as important is having the micro goals along the way, the things that help you get there, because not only are these benchmarks that you're going in the right direction, these little victories along the way are often the motivation you need to get you to the final to get you to the final goal. So, it's really important to take the time to, to write out, okay, if I want to get, you know, from A to B, what are the five smaller steps to getting there, the five small victories to get there? And I think with the internet, it's so easy to think there are all these overnight successes Mm -hmm. and, um, oh, look, everybody's life looks perfect and everybody's doing everything with ease and that the fact of the matter is this just is not true whatsoever. And so even though there's a glossy yeah. final product showing up around you, that person that created that, I can guarantee you, struggled with all of the unsuredness and the, you know, is this going to work? I don't know. But the difference is they just pressed through. Half of, you know, 90% of success is just making it. To the other end, you know, 90% of people yeah. drop out for the exact same reason, you know, that your your uh, Facebook that's so friend true. Mm-hmm. mentioned, right? Because th- they question the process. And the thing is, it's okay to question the process as long as you understand the why of what yeah. you're doing, right? And that's another thing. So it's another really great motivator is not just what you want to do, but why you want to do it. Um, and when you're feeling, mm-hmm. if you can really come up with a strong why, simply reminding yourself of the why often is enough to compel you to get to the next step. Totally. And I would to say one final thing. It's. Like, the journey of any success story is never going to be easy. It's always, for everybody, it yeah, is always, like, totally. wildly challenging and frustrating. But I think instead of fighting that, kind of going with it is where you can unlock the magic. Kind of how we started talking at the beginning. It's like, you don't know. When you put, when you mm-hmm. have the right intention and it's aligned with who you are and you're you're going, you, you're going, if you kind of can can lean into the frustration and difficulty. It's amazing where that path can take you on places where you never thought you could have imagined you
1: could go. Yeah. Yeah. I almost want to say you shouldn't try to avoid frustration right. and difficulty because that's actually going to get you to an amazing place. Like it is yeah. hard, but that's the point of it. You're, you're mm-hmm. there to learn yeah. and I mean, I wanted to add something else to what Angelina said. I think she's focusing too much on other people because you don't mm-hmm. want to compare your like chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. Right, and exactly. It's like, like you mentioned, it all looks perfect and glossy on the outside, but everyone's journey on the inside, like behind the scenes is tough. Like that's just how mm-hmm. it is. And it's just a matter of like pushing through, being patient and doing the work.
0: Yeah, and also failures are only failures if you don't learn something from them. Mm -hmm. failures become setbacks when you're learning something right so even if angelina has done you know two or three attempts at something as long as she makes those teachable moments they're setbacks not failures Mm -hmm. and so you can you can capitalize and build off of all all of the knowledge you are building so it's not like a
1: waste yeah unless you make it a waste yeah so true i think that nothing is a waste like you learn something from every life experience whether it's good or bad yes absolutely Awesome. So now I have some rapid fire questions that I like to ask okay. all the guests on the show. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Okay. Erin, what does your dream life look like?
0: My dream life involves me doing what I love and that cha- that has changed throughout my life. Being able to do it on my own schedule without, you know, somebody else like a boss. I, I work better <laughs> for myself. That's not the truth. That's not true for everybody. But you know, Mm -hmm. and making enough money to not think about money. So I don't want to have like a gajillion dollars. I just want to have enough money that I don't have to really think about money because I don't like money Mm -hmm. in any way. And of course, spending as much time with my son as possible.
1: Awesome. What is one book or resource that you recommend to everybody?
0: I love The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. For me, success always and almost exclusively comes down to hard work you either put in the hours or you don't put in the hours and this is a book all about that mm-hmm. and what how incredible success can happen when you do put in the hours these are just filled with fantastic stories so if you're looking for motivation this is a great book awesome
1: what is one habit that has changed your life meditation without question.
0: Meditation has allowed me to calm my voice, find focus. It gives me so much energy, clarity. You know, the, the idea or the saying I was in the, you know, I was in the shower and the idea, you know, the million dollar idea just came to me. This is meditation, right? It is that ability when, you know, when you're in the, I I don't meditate in the shower, but it is a metaphor for that. You know, it's like when you have that thing where you're just focusing on the water, the warm water splashing all over you and your mind Mm -hmm. is quiet. Boom. Mm -hmm. the million dollar idea comes and so
1: meditation is that for me i found that too i always get ideas when i'm meditating yes it's like i'm not even asking for it and it just like pops into my mind yeah yeah Yeah, exactly what is the best life or career advice that you've ever gotten you have to find
0: a way to get in touch with your inner voice period the end full stop
1: Mm, i love it it's so important everybody needs to listen to that inner voice all right, finish the sentence. The most amazing part about life is? Not knowing. Mm, the mystery. hmm The uncertainty. I love it. And lastly, Erin, where can we find you online?
0: I am on social, uh, all social channels, at Pick the Brain and at Erin Falconer. And then my blog is Pick the Brain. My podcast is Pick the Brain. <laughs> and my book, How to Get Shit Done, why women need to stop doing everything so they can achieve anything is available on Amazon yeah. and anywhere that
1: you buy books. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I had so much fun talking to you. And yeah, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. I love chatting with you. Hope you like that interview with Erin Falconer. Make sure you check her out on Pick the Brain on her blog, podcast, all socials. So I just want to wrap up with some of my favorite takeaways from today's interview. Number one start with a plan you get to decide what productivity looks like to you. It does not mean you have to work 24-7 and be super effective and super busy. Productivity is not about being busy. It's about knowing the things that truly matter to you, knowing what your priorities are, The projects that will give you the most value, the most worth, and then planning out your life so that you can focus on those very important goals 80% of your time. That is the goal – to spend 80% of your time on your important projects and goals. And then the other 20% of your time goes towards other people's requests, your chores, things that you just have to do and might not feel like doing, but gotta get done. Number two, it's your responsibility to train people how to treat you. This is huge because I know a lot of us naturally are inclined to be people pleasers and we want to say yes. We want to be kind and help people with whatever they want us to help with. But at the end of the day, your time is your time. And time is valuable, so you have to draw the line and create your own boundaries to protect your time and your energy. And it's through those actions to train people how to treat you and how to respect your time. And number three, success is hard work and you have to just put in the hours and push through the difficulties and finish what you set out to do. Most of success is finishing what you set out to do because most people do drop out. Most people give up in the middle. But I want to emphasize, like, do not compare your journey to other people's journeys out there because each journey is different and behind everyone's perfect Instagram feed are their own unique personal struggles. Everybody struggles with something, so don't judge your story versus their story. Just focus on your own journey and push through. If this is what you truly, truly want to do and you're motivated, you have a good why on why you picked this goal, then go for it and push through all the challenges. And you're gonna come out stronger, smarter, more experienced, and better. All right, that's it for today. Love you guys so much, and I'll talk to you guys next time. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Lavender Lifestyle. If you like this podcast, please show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. Next, make sure you check out the 2019 Artist of Life Workbook and the Daily Planner by Lavender on my website, lavender.com/shop. Lastly, you can catch me on YouTube and Instagram at Lavender, where I have even more content for the Artist of Life. Sending you so much love. Bye.